I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Well, I guess it's time for that particular video. Who do I think is going to win the 2024 World Championship? Or should I probably say who is not going to win the World Championship for 2024? Because that's probably 19 of them. As is tradition at the beginning of every single season, as everyone is just taking in all of the cars on a track at F1 testing, it's decidingly the right time to come up with some predictions for the season. And obviously, going back to it about 10 months or so later, realising how many of the predictions age like milk, and maybe one or two age like fine wine, and then just say... Well, we're going to go and do it all again next year and see how wrong we are. And I think the most improved team this year will be, of course, VCarb. Why do I think this? Well, I think it's obvious because a lot more components from the RB19 will be found on that car. And considering that they started off the season as the worst team and only really came alive by the time they came to Mexico, and then we had a huge surge there, I think going from barely eighth position to probably aiming for around about sixth place is probably a big improvement considering that the back of the grid is a little bit vague as to who's improved a lot, who's barely improved, or who's gotten even worse. And we'll get to that in a second because the most deproved team is probably not going to be the likes of Haas. It's probably going to be Alpine. No, it's not because Esteban Ockham will constantly hit the wall in his all-out war mode. No, I just get the feeling that Alpine's the least optimistic out of every single team. Even the likes of Sauber have a completely brand new concept that they are seemingly quite satisfied with. There's a lot of optimism even there. And with Haas, we always knew that they were going to be at the back and they've sort of admitted it themselves. But you just get the feeling that Alpine don't really have that much to cheer about. Considering what happened with Otmar Safnauer getting the sack, when it looked like he was actually making genuine progress in getting some sort of structure in action, and then Laurent Rossi fired his bum, and then he got fired himself. They're trying to find some sort of stability, and then a proper team principal who can take them on going forward. 
And now they've got two drivers who are a little bit like dogs who are about like, and they're about to pounce. But when it comes to the most improved driver, I think that could be Logan Sargent because let's be real here. He was last last year by quite some way. And I feel like he will score more points a few times this season. He's not going to be setting the world alike. He'll probably score maybe about uh, at least 10 points or something. But it's uh, at least nine points more than he scored last year. And that one point was based on a technicality after what happened in Austin with the floor. And I just feel like it will be a little bit of a better season for him because that car will probably be more forgiving and less likely to hurl him off in a corner. And the most deproved driver, I hate to say it, but Zhou Guan Yu. And that's mainly down to the fact that there's not really that much cheeriness and optimism at Sauber regarding him. They were reluctantly taking him on for 2024, and that there is zero tolerance in regards to mistakes coming from the Chinese driver. And that if things don't perform, he probably will be out of the door. And considering that Carlos Sainz is now available, I think that Zhou is probably the riskier of the two Sauber drivers from losing their seat. Valtteri might squeak in, after all. He might survive one more year, but with Joe, with Carlos around, I don't think so. And I think that it's really going to reflect in his performance. He's going to have to pull out multiple points finishes to survive for another year. And I think it's quite safe to say that Haas will be the worst performing team because they said so themselves. Right now, they are going to be spending 2024 fixing the thing that has been bugging them effectively since 2019, since Kevin Magnussen and Roman Grosjean brought it up tires, how they chew through their rubber so quickly. They really need to fix that before they can fix anything else, because otherwise you got no race pace. And Haas is aware of that. In terms of ninth place, I will have to say it's Sauber, but I don't think it's going to be a long ways away from eighth place. It's going to be a very tight battle between P7 and 10 and then P1 and P5. Haas will be a very, very distant 10th place. It's going to be very tight, but I feel like Joe and Bottas don't really sell it for me that they are going to get much higher. But they will be closer to the other teams and they will have their moments instead of spending most of the season being completely anonymous. I mean, how can they be anonymous with that car livery? Eighth place. This one's a little bit of a punt, but I think it'll be Alpine. I feel like there's really nothing going for Alpine at the moment. And sure, Gasly will be able to boost morale for the team and hopefully circle the team around him whilst Esteban is making desperate moves trying to claw himself up the grid in his final year of his contract. And to be fair, Gasly's in the last year of his contract. But I just feel like the team has got really nothing going for them. There's no optimism. There's no magic bullet device or upgrade that seemingly makes me think, ooh, okay, they might be closer to Aston Martin. They might be actually lucky to stick close to Williams. That's what makes me think that Williams might best them. But again, it'll be close because they will retain seventh position, in my opinion. I don't think that they've got enough to kick on to go and fight Aston Martin. That doesn't seem to be the point of Williams this season, as I talked about in my video yesterday. Their goal is to just have a car that's a solid all-rounder and then they can go from there and are less likely to crash it because it's completely on the knife edge in corners and it's just slippery down the straights like every single Williams has been for the last decade or so. And therefore, the repair bill will be considerably less and that money can then go into developing the car more upgrades throughout the season. And V-Carb will leapfrog them into sixth position because come on, they've got RB19 parts almost directly from the source and they will be sharing resources in some way. And you just feel like, 
There's no way that this team can be last with all of the parts coming from last year's car. V-Carb is not going to be a bad car. It'll be a solid midfielder. It's not going to be setting the world alight because it's not entirely like the RB19. Then Aston Martin are fifth because I think they will be good, but the rest of the competition is even better. But I think that they will be able to consolidate fifth place and get some distance away from everybody else. And it will be really close between fourth place... Mercedes. And I only say that because, again, it's going to be a very, very tight competition for second place. And it could be within the space of 20, 25 points. One bad weekend can send you tumbling from second to fourth place. Because in third place, I think it could be McLaren. No, I'm not saying second place because I think that that could be Ferrari. Because Ferrari... They seem to have a really impressive looking car that's clawed back a lot of their downforce and a driver lineup with a lot of points to prove because Carlos Sainz, he is going to be mad at the fact that he's going to have been dropped. He's going to be driving at the limit to show off to any future team that he is worth of being their leader. And then Charles Leclerc, he's got Lewis Hamilton coming in next year and this car is geared towards his driving style. So he is going to be trying to lay down the gauntlet to Lewis Hamilton saying, if you think that you can come into my team and take it over, you've got another thing coming. They've got two fired up drivers and this could cause fireworks, but I feel like Fred's got this because Red Bull, let's be real here, they're going to win the Constructors again. I think it goes without saying. When it comes to the individual drivers, this is where I think it's going to start. And it's unfortunately not looking good for the likes of Haas because they will be propping up the table with Kevin Magnussen 20th and Nico Hulkenberg 19th. I think Nico might just squeak it because if they can get a handle on that tyre wear, Nico is excellent in qualifying. And I feel like he might be able to convert that into race results, especially in sprints, if they can get a handle on it relatively early. So those sprint races, I wouldn't be surprised if we get a few points finishes from Nico and being enough to make sure that they don't end up scoring a duck, which means zero points. But I feel like Kevin, I feel like his second stint, well, third stint technically, because he did take a break in F1. It's just not going the way that it was intended, especially it started so romantically at the beginning of 2022. And then it petered out. 2023 looked completely lost. And I feel like that this might be the last year for him in Formula One before he might go to Pastors New, back to American motorsport, or maybe just retire from motorsport entirely and just settle down. But then again, this being Kevin, I don't see him settling down but I do see him at the bottom of the driver's table. And then 18th place, I feel like it will be Zhou Guan Yu again, because I feel that this car, it's not a James Key car, but it is a completely different concept. But the competition has just accelerated on so much. You just feel like Salba won't be that electric. And I just feel like there will be moments where there will be reliability issues with a brand new car. And also just... I just feel like Joe is relatively anonymous and this does affect Valtteri Bottas as well. He's not much higher. I just feel like both Sauber drivers won't be scoring big points, but they might score a 10th or a 9th a little bit more often, just scattered a little bit more evenly across the seasons instead of just being sporadically randomly out of nowhere. Then I've got 17th place, Logan Sargent. Yes, Logan will score more points, but I don't think he's going to be setting the world alight and being halfway up the table. No. But I think he is going to be in the mix with the other drivers and he will not be the lowest scoring driver this season. And I've got some good hopes for that because this car will be geared towards his style. And James Vowles is very much of the opinion of wanting him to prove everybody wrong. Logan is treating this like a second rookie season. And I feel like he'll have a better time of it. And we'll see more of those examples like in Vegas where he got P7 and a few more Q3 appearances. It'll be a better year for Logan. 
And then we got Bottas 16th. I just feel like he'll score some more points. He might get some good moments at the beginning of the season. There's really not much going for Sauber this year. It's more of just a, a reset and getting things ready for when Audi takes over fully in 2026. But I feel like it will be a little bit more frequent in terms of pointage, just not quite as many. You're not going to just get a random eighth or seventh place and then nothing for multiple races. It's going to be just the bottom of the top 10 at certain tracks. Then I've got the two Alpine drivers with Ocon coming up short regarding Pierre Gasly in 14th. This is a prediction I'm a little bit unsteady about, but Alpine have really not given me much hope in terms of them being able to kick on and do much better than eighth place in the constructors. And I feel like that these two drivers, when they realize that their car is not looking particularly great, they are going to be hustling that car to try and even score. And if there's a point where one is 10th, one is 11th, one is going to score points, the other isn't, and Ocon's behind Gasly or vice versa, they are going to be hustling one another for whoever's going to get the scraps. And that's where we get scrappy driving. And they will be both aware that both of their contracts will be out at the end of the year. And this could lead to some more scuffles. And that's something I'm a little bit nervous about, considering that the team is not in good spirits right now. This is a transitional year, I think. And I think 2025 might be a little bit better, but this might be uh, this might be a bit precarious. Then I've got Alex Albon outscoring both of the Alpines. I thought it was absolutely remarkable that Alex Albon was so high in the driver's standings, and yet Williams were barely seventh. And that was mainly down to Logan Sargent. But these two drivers will be a little bit closer. Maybe Logan could get some qualifying scouts, but I do think that Alex will be able to get multiple top five finishes. Maybe not scoring as often as they would like, but I feel like Williams will have a car that will be more predictable and easier to set up. There won't be times when they go into a track and they go, well, we don't think we'll do well. And then suddenly they do well or they go to a track where they expect to do well and then they don't. There's a little bit more understanding in every single race that they can go to. And Alex will no longer have to just be the ultimate minister of defense or something like that and keeping people behind him in a train. I've got Yuki Tsunoda now in 12th because, again, this V-carb car is not going to be nearly as bad as the ATO4, certainly at the beginning. I feel like there will be some hope in them scoring points a little bit more often. So that means Yuki doesn't have to be the savior in scoring an occasional 10th place and giving them some kind of hope. It's going to be a little bit more optimistic with this team. They are rebuilding themselves. They have some very interesting personnel that they have acquired. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves. Feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. And there's just a little bit more buzz going about them. 
even though their brand is a little bit well, all over the place and a little bit disingenuous. But the point is, is that this team looks healthier than it did at the beginning of last year. And I feel like this will be reflected in both drivers with Daniel Ricciardo in 10th place, probably winning the battle to get that Red Bull seat to partner up with Max Verstappen for the following year, as I predicted in my driver's prediction video. But I feel like in between them, it will be Lance Stroll. Lance Stroll will improve from what he did last year and hopefully score points a little bit more consistently instead of starting off the season fantastically, then falling off, and then right at the end, he suddenly gets his mojo back. It'll be, again, like with the Salbers, a little bit more evenly scored. And I feel like this will end up being in 11th place. Whether or not he'll remain in F1 after that, it's hard to say because there is the WEC program. Everyone talks about that as a good sidestep to get out of the limelight into something that Aston Martin is really looking forward to. And there's a lot of attention going toward with Lance Stroll being at the front. And if that Valkyrie does really well, then Lance Stroll will get all of the credit. Of course he will, because he's the boss's son. But either way, I feel like Lance Stroll will have a bit more of a settled season with less incidents that look like complete and utter gaffes. Monaco 2023 being a low point. Then we got his teammate Fernando Alonso in ninth place. What? He was fourth place last year. Well, that was down mainly to the fact that so many teams were left floundering as to why Red Bull was so good, and Aston Martin had a fantastic opening gambit with their driver getting so many podiums at the beginning and was relatively unopposed. It was going to be Red Bull, and then Fernando would prop up the podium in some way, maybe even a second place. But I feel like the other teams are a little bit more clued up now. We are not going to get a place where Red Bull is completely dominating and only one other team can try and counter them. There will be one or two more teams in the mix, and I feel like Aston Martin are still not quite there in going for a win. Maybe they could get some podium finishes still. The competition will be a little bit more fierce and they'll have done some more recalibration. And you just feel like Fernando, he'll get some moments. He'll get some more podiums next year, but it's going to be a very close battle amongst all the top five teams. It's going to be very tight. And this might lead to Fernando being near the bottom. And I think the same thing could be said for Carlos Sainz because the tide is not in his favour at Ferrari. The SF24 is geared toward Charles Leclerc. It is. They've made no bones about it. Charles has fired up. He's got a fire in his belly to show Lewis Hamilton that he can expect a challenge when he arrives next year. And Carlos Sainz will be pushed to the wayside. I don't expect to see heroics like we saw in Singapore last year, but he will be fiery. He will be tempestuous. And I feel like he will have some moments here or there, but the car is just not geared towards him anymore. There's no ambiguity there. That SF24 is not his car. He has to make do with what he has. And I feel like ultimately it's going to lead him being outscored by Charles. And I feel like he might be nearer the bottom of the main mix of the top five teams. And as for George Russell, well, I feel like, again, this car is geared towards Lewis Hamilton. Lewis Hamilton has been very vocal that the car was not to his liking and they have geared the W15 back towards his driving style. And I feel like that might compromise George Russell somewhat. But... I feel like we will get some more consistent results from George, but I feel like, again, the competition is going to be so fierce that we will probably not see as many electric moments from George, but probably just more consistent, solid results. Quite a lot of top five finishes, quite a lot of points finishes, and maybe George knows that the tide is turning in his favour, so it's better just to keep quiet this season and just let the momentum come to him towards the end of the season, depending on how Lewis Hamilton does. But the point is, though, is that George will be smart here, is that he knows next year will be the year where he gets to lead the team, finally. So just 
put up with this year with a car that's geared towards Lewis and then just wait for next year and see what happens. But it will probably lead to him not having as many electric results. And to think that last year I predicted him he would be the champion. <laughs> How wrong was I? Then in P6, we've got Oscar Piastri, my boy. I feel like he will lose the battle, the inter-team battle with Lando Norris, but it will be close. He will have moments that will be very electric, very impressive, and he might get another sprint win. Whether he might get the victory before Lando, I don't really know, because we've not seen his second season. We've not seen how he's been able to learn over the winter, I mean, as at least right now, I think he will be a lot more on it from the very beginning with a car that is looking likely not to be at the back. He will get a lot more podiums this year, but I think Lando might have the edge because, again, he's fired up, he's got an extension to his contract, and he wants to prove to everybody why he's stuck with McLaren and why he is optimistic. Because Lando's been quite optimistic in his winter rhetoric, and that's something to pay attention to. He's feisty, he's punchy, he's a bit cheeky, and that's a good sign. Then we've got Lewis Hamilton in fifth place. Last year, he was effectively the best of the rest because he was in P3. But I feel like with the likes of Lando Norris fired up with this rejuvenated McLaren team and Charles Leclerc with a point to prove, he might end up coming up short. Sure, he might get a win or two this season, but I feel like that Lewis will probably just lose out to Ferrari, who seem to be completely reinvigorated. That's why he's going there, because they've sold him a dream. So surely that 2024 car's got to be good, or else why would he go? And then also, Charles is going to be losing the leadership gambit, or at least it looks like he might. So he wants to show that he will not be giving up and going quietly into that good night, which is why I think Charles Leclerc will be fourth place. Because again, he will have a car that is suited to him, and hopefully that means that he can maximise his potential properly. And we can see why Ferrari invested so much into Charles Leclerc's future, where it looks like at one point he might be earning $50 million a year. Which is why I think he's going to be very, very aggressive this season, because he has to. But I think Lando Norris might be really assured, and it all depends on how the beginning part of the season is for him. Once Lando gets that first win, we will see a changed man. We will see... Lando Prime, a Lando that is no longer called Lando No Wins, that he hasn't got that thing of, when are you going to win your first race, Lando? It's been a while. He's now got that win. He can then go to getting another win and then another and then maybe becoming a championship contender. And that's exactly what Max Verstappen wants to see. He wants to see worthy opponents, worthy challengers, and to see one of his mates, Lando, coming and improving and doing the business with McLaren. So that means he can have an all-out battle without team orders getting involved. And as for Checo, well... I feel like Checo will be P2, and I feel like he will have a much more settled season in that I don't think he's going to be letting as many negative comments get to him because 2023, my goodness, that was rough for him. That was absolutely relentless. Poor guy. He had to go and get counselling because of all of that, all of the negative comments from Helmut Marco, and thusly the entire world and media turning against him. He managed to survive, and hopefully he will be stronger for it, and he will see out the final year of his contract at Red Bull. Maybe he might go to another team, maybe he might just call it a day. Maybe he might bag a win or two, depending on reliability issues, but I feel like Max Verstappen is going to win the championship again. The gap will be a little smaller between himself and his teammate, maybe at least under 200 points but that's still a little bit of a stretch. We are going to see Red Bull and Max Verstappen dominating once again, but hopefully it'll be less of a big gulf between the rest and Max Verstappen. But again, we are still in the middle of testing and things could utterly change, but this is a bit of fun, isn't it?
Thanks for listening to my ladder ramblings. If you liked what you heard, do be sure to leave a five-star rating on your podcasting platform of choice. I really do appreciate it. And until the next time I traverse the ladder, I hope you have a pleasant day. Goodbye.